Stay fit. Stay fit here on the Morning Majlis. And one thing that we're celebrating is successes. And today we are celebrating the success of the Pakistan women's football team. And you might have seen and heard of this video on your social media platforms. And it is a free kick. That celebration itself. And we are very, very kindly joined by the individual responsible for that wonderful equaliser, Maria Khan. A very, very good morning to you and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's such a pleasure. Now, uh, do you feel the chills after you watch that video highlights again and uh, about that goal in particular? Every time. I think <laughs> it's, uh, you know, just being able to score for your country is always a proud moment. Yeah. Um, and did you, I mean, this is, it's, it's not the easiest of all free kicks to take from that massive distance. Did you think that was going to go in or was there, was there a plan that you're going to pass it over for a cross, cross it over for a header or was it, was it was the shot on target the, the main goal? So listen, so I'm left footed. <laughs> So, and that free kick is actually something that I practice right. quite often, right. right? So anytime we get that free kick in a, in a game, I'm like, yes, this is it. This is, this is me. I love, like most of my goals have actually come from either a shot from that outside of the right, on the right corner, um, a set piece on that right corner. That's where most of my goals have come from okay. actually. Yeah. Um, so, so you when really I fancied scored. your chance I that one. I did. And then, so for me, again, my target, anytime I'm taking a set piece, keep it on frame. If yep. you keep it on frame, you give it a chance. Whether it's back post, whether it's near post, whether it's down the you give it a chance. Okay. Put the ball down, set it up. I was like, all right, just keep it on target. Do your job. Let your team, let whatever's going to happen, happen. Okay, well, I hope the, uh, your future opposition goalkeepers weren't listening to this conversation. I was going to say, we keep this quiet. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to keep this part out. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, um, now talk to us about this this tournament. And, you know, of course, you've received wonderful success and, you know, representing Pakistan on, on that global stage in Saudi Arabia. A lot of fan base was there. A lot of fan support was there. So it must have been very uh, amazing to experience. So how was the tournament? Yeah, in all honesty, that last game felt like a home game. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the Pakistani expat community was massive. Um, I think Saudi Arabia did an amazing job mm. hosting, especially on the back of their men's national team performance in the World Cup, um, their focus on women's football and developing women's football in the region. Um, they were amazing hosts, right? So they, they welcomed four, te uh, four teams in total, including themselves, um, us, themselves, Comoros and Mauritius. Mm -hmm. um, and it was basically a three-game three, three -game tournament, best of three winner you know of the three will take uh, the tournament we were able to walk away with some hardware we took second mm -hmm. um but again an overall great experience i think it's it goes to show development of women's sports in general in this part of the world so really exciting things to come i think from from all countries in this part of the world and now you you're the, the skipper you're the captain of the side and and have been captaining for a while so uh how do you keep the, the, the team's morale up and how, how are they feeling after this big tournament? Yeah, so I think anytime you, you get to walk away with um, some accolade for mm. your country, it's, it's always a, a good motivator. It's always, especially when you've been in camp for so long, mm. uh, because currently there's um, no domestic structure for women's football in Pakistan. So the national team is actually having to mimic a club team where we're together for longer periods of time. Right. Um, unlike other national teams where they'll report maybe six to ten days before 
their competition. Right. We were together for four weeks, <laughs> five oh, weeks okay. before that competition. Yeah. So I was in Pakistan for since December 6th. I was in Pakistan. Only just got back Sunday. Yeah. Um, so I think us being able to stay together, it really allows us to learn each other on and off the pitch. Mm -hmm. um, so again, overall, good experience for the girls, um, good international experience for them. We're back competing after a long time. So yeah, really positive. Uh, yeah, I've got to touch on that as well, because there was a, a silent period where you know the, the, the board was going through some changes at the Federation itself, and you weren't able to play uh, international sports uh, wearing the team jerseys. So, so what happened there, and how did the team you know, firstly stay fit and, and regroup <laughs> and, and come together again? Yeah, absolutely. So last um, September was actually the first time either men's or women's had competed um, internationally in eight years. Oh, wow. There was a FIFA ban um, placed on the Pakistan Football Federation um, due to third-party intervention. Mm -hmm. So FIFA have a rule where there can be no government intervention or third-party intervention as things go mm. sometimes um, in some of our beloved countries, um, you know, there's certain people that feel that they should be governing um, mm -hmm. the sport in the country. And FIFA was not happy with that. So they placed a ban um, on football activities, uh, international football mm. activities. The domestic structure still continued um, for men's, not so much for, for women's. So what ended up happening was the ban got lifted last July. And the first competition, one of the first competitions that were in place were the South Asian Games for mm. women. So the Federation made the decision to say, okay, our first activity back after so long is going to be the women's competition in for the South Asia Football Federation tournament. So last September, October, we participated in that for the first time in eight years. Wow. So it was my first international ex experience, official international experience. It was my first cap. Um, and I think if you saw that tournament versus the tournament that we just played now, mm. you'll be able to see the growth of the team in such a small amount of time. Okay. So, you know, it's a hats off to the coaching staff, the technical staff, um, the entire normalization committee, the federation supporting us. It's it's been tremendous experience and tremendous growth. Wow. OK, I've got to touch on this as well, because now. Uh, you know, the thing is, in, in South Asia, we always have this situation of people are never are too satisfied yeah. easily they'll be like okay you went into south asian tournament uh, did you win it you didn't win it then we have yeah. no expectations from you that kind of a vibe is always there uh, but now and you said there's a big change that you've noticed uh, so what, what what where do you see this the team growing now for yeah. the fans expectations to become a reality yeah so i think it's really important for fans to understand that the feder the normalization committee that's been put in place by mm. fifa is there to help revive football in the country. And I think what a lot of people fail to realize is when you're building football in a country that big, because again, let's keep in mind, Pakistan is the fifth largest country in the world, population of over 240 million, it's going to take time. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's great that we're able to have these football activities and the both men and women competing internationally on a regular basis is is just the start. But again, it's important for people to know that, you know, when you're building a football foundation and trying to build the entire football community in a country, it's a marathon. Yeah, and I can imagine. Now, are the, we're talking about the, the tournament itself now. 
I know there's going to be a lot of critical minds thinking, okay, there was, uh, was it Saudi Arabia, Comoros? Comoros and Mauritius. And Mauritius that yeah. were thinking, oh, you should have beaten these sides and, and won the tournament. Uh, but talk to us about the fact that it was a depleted squad. It wasn't a full-strength squad that you had uh, because you're missing some strikers because of some uh, some injuries as well uh, for, for one of the other UAE resident players as well. Um, uh, talk to us about how uh, that was a challenge. Yeah, so I think, you know, when, you know, it's, I think it was a very difficult challenge for our coaching staff. But mm. I think once we understood what our challenges were, they did a really good job preparing, you know, other players. And I think it also allowed other girls to step up and prove mm. themselves. And I think everyone that, you know, was there from the training camp, whether they played 90 minutes, whether they played two minutes, whether they played no minutes, every single player played their part. And every single player in this tour with us was pivotal to mm. the success that we had. Um, so I think, yes, we had the challenges that, you know, we had to deal with, but Again, it, it just goes to show you the, the amount of talent and depth of talent mm. that is sitting right there in the country. Okay. So, of course, all, all the squad members deserve a, a particular mention. Uh, but for, for some of the listeners out there, uh, you know, you're, you're a skipper for the side. Who do you see as the rising stars and players to watch out uh, for so far uh, within your own team? Yeah. So, there, you know, for me, there was um, quite a few girls, actually, that really mm. stuck out. I There's maybe only four or five of us that are actually 25 or older. Okay. Whereas majority of the squad you're looking at and that played were 16, 17, No 18. way. Yes. No way. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. so to be able to identify just one, I'll be honest, like yeah. it, it's really hard because that potential and keep in mind, we were able to compete at this level without having any domestic 11-a-side football. Comoros have a league, Mauritius have a league, Saudi have an amazing yeah. women's league right now, right? And they've been playing in it for the past six, seven, eight months. Pakistan has none of that, right? We were What you saw was a reflection of us being together for six weeks in, at the end of last year and four weeks now. Wow. So okay. you look at 10 weeks of, of work and, and we were able to compete like that. I think, you know, again, it just goes to show the amount of potential that's sitting right there. Right. Okay. So how does one get selected then if there's no league structure? Yeah. How does this whole team come about and say, okay, you know, this this is the, the, the group? Yeah. So there's one tournament a year okay. <laughs> called the National Women's Championship. Okay. And in that one tournament a year, you have um, the teams come together for a national tournament. Okay. And historically, that's been the trial for players to be selected for the national team. Now, what the Federation is trying to do and, and the strategy they're trying to put in place is they are focusing on introducing a women's league right. um, and a women's league um, structure. Just again, so the girls can be competing on a regular basis because that one off <laughs> tournament a yeah. year, it's it's not enough. Okay, and uh, so, so what? Once you've been, well, you know, the other thing is that uh, you guys, you know, are professional football players. Yeah. But that's not your full day job. You've all yeah. got other responsibilities and roles. How do you balance competitive level training with your day job? Oh man, <laughs> this is <laughs> listen. Uh, <laughs> ask my husband. <laughs> ask Omar. Um, no, so it's um, you know, it's time management. Mm. Um, I think from my side, because I have experienced football at a high level in the past, 
Um, it's something that I that I've been a part of for mm. you know quite some time. So I do understand the physical demands, um, the the time demands, as well as the mental demands. Um, it, it has become a lot easier for me to be able to manage my time. You know, being transparent with my job, mm. who are very supportive of what I'm doing um, off the field. While also being transparent with my coach, because mm. there'll be times where, you know, I'll be on coach's hotspot, logged into a meeting while the team is warming up on the pitch. I'm there on my kit finishing one of my meetings, yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's just like, hey, you know, I have this is my schedule. And, and again, it's to both sides, right? To my job, to mm. um, to the coach. This is my schedule. How can we make this work? Right. Because wow. um, right now, unfortunately, we're we're not in a position yet in this in this region to where, you know, you can just be a professional female athlete, um, at least in football. Right. Okay. So but one thing that is very positive and I think important to note is that Pakistan Football Federation have introduced equal pay. Yes. So the men and the women, um, when we're there on duty, um, on international duty, we're getting paid the same. So. That's, that's a step good. in the right direction. That's, you know, a very, very important step as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a step adapted by you know most sports as well um, at the moment. But speaking of other sports, um, you come from a background of squash players in your family. Yes. So competitive element is in your genes. We could, we could argue <laughs> that. Um, why did you pick up football and what, keep, what makes you love the sports and keep going yeah so my grandfather is is Hashem Khan mm -hmm. um, and I grew up in the US with him and every single time he'd be like Maria why aren't you playing squash what are you yeah. doing um, and it was nice because we were still close enough to squash but still able to have access to other sports okay. and um, in all honesty it the state that we lived in in the US um, squash was difficult to access, True. right? So the accessibility back then to squash, you know, it was a more northeast elitist still at the time mm -hmm. sport. Um, whereas, you know, us being in a Midwest <laughs> town, yeah. squash was, was, you know, it was again, difficult to access. Football was a lot easier um, to access, but we would go once a week with grandpa yeah. to the club. He was like 75, 80 years old still standing on the court, hitting the ball, making us run around. Wow. <laughs> he still was able to make us run around, and he would always joke that my uh, backhand was better than my forehand. Okay. So I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign of, of the potential in squash, but um, football, it's something I picked up at age of six, and it's just stayed with me since then. Amazing. And, uh, and uh, how's it going for you? I mean, are you? Uh, uh, where, where do you want to see the team um reach with, with with the ambitions and, and where, where, where would you like to see the Pakistan football team go ahead and will, you'll say okay we're in a good direction mm -hmm. and when I retire <laughs> this is where I want to leave the side and when I'm you know ending, yeah. leave, letting go of the uh, captaincy band as well yeah so I think I think for me it's because I, I've, I've lived it, I've seen it, I see the potential, I see you know how hard mm. these girls work like mm. For these girls to not have had it easy when it comes to football, their resilience mm. is something that motivates me to keep going. Yeah. And I think for me, it's it's focusing on the domestic structure, you know, and for the ones that, you know, have the opportunity, can we get them access to, to teams abroad? Okay. Right. Can can we start, you know, placing girls in, in Europe? Can we start placing girls, you know, here, you know, UAE, Saudi, mm. whatever it is? Can we really look to 
increase the level of exposure that these girls get to experience. So again, I hope to, to see more girls continuing to be passionate and participate. Um, I hope we are able to find a nice balance between dual national players as mm. well as local players because I do think that having that dual national player experience and bringing best practice True. will only up the level of competition, healthy competition within the team. So again, it's about finding that balance. It's focusing on domestic football, um, but also ensuring that we do have access to regular competition, um, international competition and exposure. Because again, as I mentioned, this team is so young. Yeah. Right. So from my side, I hope to, you know, keep on playing. Um, until my legs can't <laughs> anymore um but there are definitely um quite there's a, a few girls that i think would be able to take my place in the future um and do leave it my goal is to leave it better than i found it exactly. um and pay it forward but i genuinely do believe that there's there's few girls in that team that have the potential to really bring that team to new heights well, that's very true yeah. and uh, now i'd like to also ask you to use this platform to communicate to uh, your young uh, uh, you know, your teammates as well who are mm -hmm. listening to this conversation and also to the fans because there's going to and the society as well because there's going to be a lot of uh, sadly there's always a stigma that that's associated with uh, women sports people in, in a country like pakistan yeah. where they say look i know you're playing it because you're young but there's other responsibilities you should have in the future what would your word of advice be for those um, individual players and for the fan base itself to say, let this team keep going, we can play and we can continue and maybe uh, eventually, inshallah, also uh, get some accolades in the future? Yeah, so for, for the players or aspiring athletes in general, you know, my message has always been find something you're passionate about. Mm. It doesn't have to be sport. There's so many other areas and, and Pakistan is full of such young talent in so many different fields so for me it's find something you're passionate about work hard at it and something my mother always tells me is never take no for an answer there you go <laughs> you're gonna be told no all the time but again do you have that resilience to be able to deal with the no deal with the rejection deal with the hate and and come back stronger and use it as motivation so that's to the players i think to the fans it's Listen, I know when we get in this culture, winning culture, expectations rise. True. But people have to understand that there's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times. And for me, when we suffered this defeat in, against Mauritius in our second game in the tournament, mm. you know, for me, people think that teams are based on wins and losses yeah. and, and the wins define a team. For me, what defines a team is how do we react after a defeat? Yeah. And I think showing how we reacted after a defeat and, you know, having that support from the fan base, it was so crucial in Saudi. So I think as we continue to grow as a national team, as we continue to grow as a country in sports, we just need that ongoing unconditional support from fans and we need everybody to believe. And inshallah, inshallah, we can make Pakistan proud. We can make the Middle East proud. Um, and Pakistan's in the bad. Wow, what a, a nice summary over there, <laughs> Maria Khan. Thank you for joining us today, and uh, you know we we wish you all the very best. And I'm going to play some some video footage of people celebrating with you guys.
wonderful to see that support as well and uh, and, and wish your team members all the very best thank you very much for joining us today thank you so much for having me you can catch this discussion as a podcast on our soundcloud apple podcast and the spotify pages and of course you can also catch it on uh, uh, youtube Uh, so thank you all for tuning in we'll be back after some more musical entertainment Get in touch. Call the Pulse 95 studio. 600 551 449. SMS 4215.